Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your heart. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another hour of fantastic storytelling by Megan. My, 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 by <laughs> okay, Pat, Megan, take it away. <laughs> oh, God. By Pat and myself. <laughs> from our fabulous book, Hollywood Godfather, which is the name of the show, fortunately. Yes, it is. And uh, we thank you again for tuning in. And tell your friends every Wednesday, we got a hot story. And Pat and I have been discussing, where do we go today? <laughs> and we came up with a hot topic. It covers a lot of mob names you're going to recognize. The disappearance of a very high-profile guy. Oh, and uh, well, let's just get into it. Rather keep teasing you. Mm -hmm. Good evening, Pat. Megan Good evening. on board, and I'm uh, Megan. Yes, I jump am. in anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a question? Absolutely. Ask. Well, do. But right, the way I, this I have started to confess. Was. I have to confess. Up, Megan, like most kids out there, other than uh, my colleague and partner. He just graduated and became a doctor. She's just finishing all her papers, and she's holding her head up over there trying to stay awake. <laughs> oh, I know. Like Today was the last day of assignments for before I graduate, so okay. it's, been, it's been crazy. Everybody's got a diploma but me. I got no uh, diplomas. Well, no uh, it looks like you don't need one, so no, it's okay. I'll, I'll well, send you one of mine. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, Pat, why don't you introduce the show, as you know it so well. Okay. Uh, and why, and let to, me clarify that. Okay, Pat wrote a book about this girl. He did tell okay. me that. And this is, that's what makes it even more interesting because unbeknownst to him, I knew the girl personally. I knew her father and uncles. And it just so happened that he wrote a book about her. And I, mean, I knew one of her wild here. lovers that we'll get into that. All right. And uh, a very close friend of mine who was best man at yeah. two of my weddings. Not one, two. But <laughs> How anyway. many were there? <laughs> two of them. Uh, he might have been the best man for the third, but unfortunately, yeah. oh. that's, that's not going to happen. Well, Pat, why don't you introduce this fascinating story, and uh, let's get into it, man. All right. I uh, had been developing a reputation for being the guy to go to if you uh, are in uh, the alternate lifestyle, or a gangster, and wanted your story told. Hmm. Uh, because I was a guy that could be trusted, and that was it. So pe people come to me from time to time. 90% uh, of them uh, don't have a story to tell. It's just the usual stuff. But uh, somebody came to me and said, uh, it was an interesting story in the Staten Island Advance, that's the island's newspaper, about the D'Alessio family, who were, uh, uh, it, was, it was a mafia family, that basically ran the island. But you have to consider, you know, they ran it from the turn of the last century, uh, when there was no access to Staten Island. It was like right. their own little country. The Verrazano oh, Bridge didn't open up until 1960. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, if you wanted to get to Staten Island, you either had to swim or take the ferry. There's oh, no, wow. there's no other way to get that. there. So they ran all the rackets on Staten Island. Most of it uh, was old school mafia stuff, gambling, prostitution, uh, loan sharking like that. Right. But they, anyway, they, they, had uh, a, they had a tremendous allegiance to the Gambino family, though. Yeah. That's for uh, sure. Start, the story starts out in uh, 1900, where the uh, uh, a, a young member of this family constantly got in trouble, uh, and uh, the uh, matriarch of the family wanted to get 
her her son out of East Harlem, which was tagging it, mm-hmm. and said, uh, "We got to get as far away from East Harlem as we can. This kid's going to wind up in the electric." So uh, Lepke, our friend Lepke, mm-hmm. uh, gave them uh, uh, an area on, on Staten Island that they could build up, uh, and that's grandmother started out as a bookie. And then the family grew from there. And her son got married and had three sons, and they were Mike, Hope, and I forget the other one's name, but this was the father of the woman who I wrote the book about, and then was Teresa. Mm-hmm. Family was the, the Alessios. But uh, you, you touched on something that, uh, being that you and I know it, I think the, the Megans of the world, Lepke, Louis Bookhalter, gave them the permission to yep. go, and I happened to make the movie called Lepke. Mm-hmm. Tony Curtis played Lepke. I played right. Alvin Anastasia. So Pat and I take all this for granted. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the yeah. audience, Lepke, out uh, there, Lepke was Jewish. He right. was a he was a mover and a shaker. Yeah, twenties, thirties, even before that. Uh, well, they very cr- brutal guy. They created uh, Murder Incorporated. There you go. Yeah, and they organized the, the garment industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. they killed hundreds of people. For everybody, by the way, yeah. Cheers. I didn't have allegiance to anyone. They had the money. Yep. Saw them, and since somebody died, yeah, it was actually contract kids. Yeah, con- oh. contract killings. Chose and they, and, and usually it was uh, stabbing, garroting. I mean, these people, and these a were lot like Jewish, a lot of ice picks. A lot of ice picks. A lot of ice picks. These oh. were Jewish hitmen. Yep. No Italians. Jewish hitmen. Yep. Uh, anyway, so there we are on, uh, on on Staten Island with Terry. Terry was uh, was born in the 1930s, late 1930s, and she grew up in his mob family. I had no idea, as most children don't. Would you agree with me, Gianni? Oh no, definitely. Yeah, and, and especially yeah. the girls. They try to isolate them. I mean, I know so many mob guys' daughters that I meet today, and the first thing they say to me, "I never knew my father was in the mob." <laughs> yeah, they they generally get to be uh, uh, teenagers when. They yeah. learn from the people they go to school with. Oh, your father's a gangster, that type of thing. Right. Huh. You know, or, they, uh, or they hit the Staten Island Advance headlines, which is like, right. to them, the, the Bible. That's the only yeah, paper on the only Staten paper Island. Island. That is oh, okay. that and the El Progreso, <laughs> the Italian yeah, right. newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be able to read Italian for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, she grew up in what she thought was a typical family with a mommy and a daddy, but her, her, her daddy used to go away every now and then. Uh, he, he said he was going to school when actually he was going to jail. Mm-hmm. He, they they specialized in sports betting bookies. They were big time bookies, mm-hmm. and uh, of course they had cops on the payroll. Every now and then you have to take a bust. You know you can't be totally immune to arrest. Right. So he would volunteer like once every two years to be locked up. <laughs> no, they had. Wow. They have to. Yeah, because otherwise the police department had to hit their quota. Lest they didn't get subsidized. Oh, okay. And the FBI's watching it all. Gotcha. Yeah, they would say, you know, why aren't these guys getting getting locked up? They're running gambling on, on the island. Well, that goes for every uh, mafia family. Yeah. Well, you know, that's so funny. Take, you, you have to take your turn. We hmm. should we should interject something. The apartment that I live in, when I was twelve or thirteen, was a phone room. Right. And my bedroom, which is fortunately big, they had twenty four <laughs> phones. Right, is on the little desk with a blackboard. And I, when I remodeled this apartment several times, I never took the Alexander Graham Bell boxes in my shirt closet because to me, the, 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 you know, this was the beginning of, of thrones. That's and, crazy. Yeah, and, it's uh, part of history. And I, yeah. and I still have 
The original phone number, it's 75 years old. I'll just give you the first prefix, Plaza 3. Oh, wow. And it's still Back here. in the day, there weren't numbers, there were yeah. names. Yeah. And there were yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, was Hickory crazy. 6. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, changed, that, that changed with the advent of area codes uh, right. in, in the early 1960s. So right. why I'm bringing this apartment up, because after a while, they had to give it up for a raid, because mm -hmm. it was bringing in so much money. Then they weren't using it, and it was one cold night at the Copa, and he said, where are you going, downtown tonight? I said, yeah, he said, that's terrible out there. And he threw me the keys to this place. <laughs> and we never used street addresses, which I won't do on this Right, for obvious either. reasons, yeah. And he'd say, just go to 223. And I've been here ever since. Wow. <laughs> I've left. And we're uh, here but right with now. The Terry, Terry, that was the same thing. She didn't know. Right. And she would go, she would even go on uh, pickups with her father. And she looked forward to it. I mean, she's 9, 10, 11 years old. Her father had a big Cadillac convertible. And they tool all over the island, and he would pick up. You know, people that owned him, he, he would pick papers. up in the various mm -hmm. wire rooms. Right. He was the boss. Right. But she was she was oblivious, like most kids are. She was with a daddy, and everybody's happy. And she learned the typical way, you know, kids started telling her in school. And then she figured, as Johnny will attest to this, because she, uh, she was quite a character. Yeah, but another I, thing I think was, I, I, because I, I know exactly why he took her. It was a decoy. Of course, the family man out from the right. He's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, it's me and my sweetie here. We're going out for a little drive. Yeah. Of course, the same places every day, every week, yeah. you know. It's, uh, but uh, anyway, she said, my father's a gangster. I'm taking full advantage of this. So uh, she started to throw her weight around. You knew it, Gianni. She was... Uh, oh, my God. This yeah. girl, I mean, first yeah. of all, her mother was a showgirl. Beautiful. And, I mean, so... Terry was a knockout, too. Terry was strawberry red hair. Hmm. Would, would you say, what, 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, yeah, I'd give her maybe even 5'9". Hmm. Amazing. Statuesque. Yeah. And, and, Body and knock it, your eyes out. It's crazy. And and a friend of mine that we mentioned earlier, Tommy Bellotti, and who we mentioned so many times, because, I mean, I really had a friendship in Tommy, not even his brothers had. I mean, because, well, you don't do that with your brothers anyway. But Tommy and I were about a year or two apart. He fell in love with my sister, Joanne, mm -hmm. which I was the conduit to that. And then... It's amazing. His father, I mean his father, his brother Matty, his older brother, there was a lot of brothers. His older brother, Matty Bellotti, was my father's best friend. And they piled around everywhere. But that's how close-knit this was. Mm -hmm. And um, Tommy fell in love with this girl, which we'll get into some of those escapades. <laughs> yeah, so she... He developed a a, uh, a wild streak and wouldn't go to school. But of course, she was daddy's little girl. She, you know, every, everything would be fine. Uh, How she old gets, was she around this time? She, well, about 15, 16. Okay. But uh, uh, if you get a hold of the book, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll send you a copy. I got a, I got a copy, but a couple <laughs> of copies here. But statuesque. I mean, she looked older than she was at 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. Getting she hit on every club. by, by every club. adult in, in the neighborhood. That's where daddy stepped in. Got right, it. You know, uh, but... Uh, she winds up getting pregnant, and uh, Johnny will attest to this: you don't get pregnant in an Italian family oh. if your father's a mafia don. And disgrace the name. disgrace the family. Oh yikes! So what are they going to do? Well, she's thinking. Well, actually, it was her mom who, by this time, was a, a heavy drinker. She's an alcoholic. Was well, you know well, very he difficult. A, to, he kept her on a short lease. He yeah, yeah. Her. He was a 
Yeah, and I don't think you treated it too well, but she didn't go into that right. when we were writing the book. But uh, anyway, uh, the mother sends Harry away to Florida to, and I'm using air quotes here, to go to school. Mm. Meanwhile, she uh, her, her her length of education, coincidentally, was just nine months. She's a fast learner, huh? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So she so she has the kid in Florida, and she comes back, and the father, you know, these guys aren't stupid, but no idea. The father had no idea really? that, that she went down there to have a baby. She gives the baby up for adoption. This will come into play in about five minutes when we get to that part of the story. But she falls in love. She was young, too. She was in her late teens, early 20s. She falls in love with a guy named Tommy Ernst. Oh, my God. That, that, that's the guy who was trying to think of his name before, Gianni. Yeah, I, I, I knew Tommy well. I knew yeah, well, about a nut, man. <laughs> he ran afoul of uh, Tommy Bellotti. Yeah. Now, I didn't know the real reason. The reason I was told was that Tommy Ernst, who would steal a hot stove, I mean, this guy was a street thief. He was I'm going to tell you one you don't know. I'll oh, tell you how nuts he is. <laughs> he stole was. a Staten Island ferry. He did what? He stole a Staten Island ferry, Tommy That's Ernst. That's what you said. He was no. a pirate. No, I'm going to tell you. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you what happened. Italian pirate. Are you ready for this? No. We, we, it was summer night. We missed the ferry. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. We were, we were at Regina Padres. I remember it like yesterday. And you know my memory. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. we're at Regina Padres. We used to go dancing at all these schools. And we were like, you know, like 17, 18, 19, 20. And that's where all the girls were. Right. And everybody at that time were carrying zip guns. We had real guns. But it was always big brawls <laughs> and fights. Yeah, right. So now we get there, we miss the ferry. Now you gotta wait an hour. Mm. So all the other ferries were still tied up. And there was That's one long. running. But, you know, they were maintenance. They were doing maintenance on it. Yeah. Like the ferry boat. So we go on like bandits with Handkerchiefs. <laughs> Did you really? Nice. We pulled out our handkerchiefs, tied like it was Rob, Robin the stagecoach. Robin the stagecoach. So Tommy Ertz holds the gun to the guy's head, and we he takes us to Staten Island like you're taking a cab. <laughs> yeah. But you won't believe what he did. What? He, he told him because he figured they're going to be waiting for him On the where other he was. Side. And, and not we have no telecommunications now. Mm -hmm. So he says. Take it out to sea, which he meant we were going to go. We went through the Narrows, uh -huh. and we looks like we were heading out to sea. But then we made a sharp right and went right into South Beach, and he made the guy beach it. Oh, my There was no goodness. pier. I mean, the headlines, it was insane. And you were on the boat? Yeah. That's insane. When, when this thing becomes, uh, when, it, when this thing of ours, I hate to use the term, but when it becomes... A television series, which who knows that may happen one day. This has to be an episode. Oh yeah, Tommy. I, Could you imagine? I tell you right now, though, I didn't. A maniac. When, when you and I were talking about, it, you couldn't figure out who our boyfriend was. Tommy Ernst was, was so Tommy good looking something. and tough. I mean, he would go toe to toe with Tommy Bellotti. Tommy was a beast. I know, but Tommy Ernst man was no pushover, and well, and, and a heist man, rob anybody. Yeah, he just, he loved to be a thief. That was Terry's thing. When she was telling me this story. Uh, they Tommy were like Bonnie to... and Clyde, those two. Yeah, I know. You, you, you know how, how this happened. After the story in the Staten Island advance, uh, through uh, an intermediary, I had Terry meet me in the, in the Luna in Italy where, where the oh, Godfather, sure. one of the scenes of the Godfather right, was shot. Right, right. Uh, I, I, you know how coincidental that is, my friend? 
Tell me. You, you know the address of the Luna restaurant? No. That was Mulberry 121 Street. 121 Mulberry Street. Yours truly was born upstairs I'm, on the second floor. Wow. <laughs> Is that a coincidence? Wow. It's the back door of Precious Blood Church. How Man. how crazy this is. I mean, I talk about say. pads crossing. Anyway, I meet Terry there, and, and we're talking, and I said, you know, this would make a phenomenal book. First of all, it's about a woman involved with that life. You know, and uh, what publishers want to see is show me something that's never been done before. Yeah. And this obviously was never done before. So I said, I have to do this. So I start sweet uh, talking. You know? But this time she's... She's about 60, looks like she's 90. I mean, a really, really tough That's life. Phone now. 60, she's 60. The young girl we were talking about, this raving Yeah, years. yes, now oh. she's 60 years old. Heroin addict, she went through it all. Oh, well, man. I mean, uh, dissipated. Uh, anyway, but she's made up to the to the nines. I mean, too much makeup, you, you know. Oh, with the, the red, she put that red lipstick on there. Yeah, thing, yeah. With all the rouge, I mean, she looked like oh, a, yeah, a clown. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like a clown. She, she like, she, like, she like put, like put pancake on with a trowel. Yeah. You know, mm. just, yeah. Anyway, so so we're talking. She said, "I'll do the book under one condition." I said, "What would that be?" She said, "I gave a child up when I was 15. I'm 60 now. I've never seen this kid. I've tried to find. I can't find it. You can find the kid. I'll do the book." Wow. I found the kid. No way. Yeah. Way, way, it's absolutely story, way. Man. This is what I do. Uh, so I was a private investigator then, as I still am now, but back back then, this was 1980, 1998 or something, somewhere around there. Uh, so I, I find a kid, she kept the word, and we, we did the book. So fast forward, he hooks up with, with Tommy Ernst. Uh, who as a kid, died. Okay. We're going back to As a kid, childhood. she's a kid, Tommy's. No, but you just left, you're going so fast. Again, you and I yeah. know the story. Yeah. We just left, a, you got the book and she's 60. Now we're to, going back to oh, hook, yeah, hooking oh, yeah. up with Tommy Ernst, and she's like 17, 18. Yeah, she's okay. a kid. And Tommy, how old how older was he than her? Tom, Tommy, Tommy would have had to be, you know, it was only it was six or seven years, but six or seven years at that When you're time, a teenager, yeah, that's big, a lot. Right. Big. That is, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So, the, so they, they, they hook up, and like Johnny said, they become Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, uh, uh, and it, her story was... Like I didn't know true story until today when I was talking to Gianni before yesterday. Uh, we we're talking about the show today. Uh, Tommy Ernst runs afoul of Tommy Bellotti. Tommy Bellotti owned a construction company, correct, Gianni? Yep. Okay. The story was that Tommy Ernst bought fifteen thousand dollars worth of sheetrock on the come. You know, give it to me now when I do my construction work. But he was going to resell it or something like that. And he was going right. to give him the money anyway. Tommy, who was the uh, uh, quintessential thief, you know, he says, "Well, I got the sheetrock for free, basically." He was he had no. Uh, he didn't uh, fear nobody. No, mm. no, no, nobody. He says, "I'm yeah. not paying." You. And I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you who who worked for him and why he thought. I'm going to throw two names out. I don't even know how I remember these. <laughs> Frankie and Ronnie Besser. Another. Now Frankie Besser and Ronnie were another tough crew, and they were sheetrockers. These guys, I mean, I, they're so nuts because sheetrock, as people don't know, they, they wear stilts. This they make they make uh, aluminum stilts for sheetrockers. These guys made stilts when they saw it in the circus. 
so they could do all the ceilings without and walk around without moving the ladder. Uh. They, they, they didn't yeah, even know they were a, a part of the invention. They had nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. They, but strong and tough guys. So yeah. Tommy thought he could beat. See, Tommy, uh, Tommy Ernst, and the blood. I mean, Tommy Ernst and the, the Bessers were from South Beach. Mm-hmm. The Bellottis were from Little Italy, Rosebank, and there was always a feud. They were they 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 they, they carved out their own territories, like the Mid- Midland Beach guys had their own guy, Nicky the Worm, and all those Nikki, guys. Nikki yeah, so, all these names. Yeah, right. But that's why Tommy Ernst had the balls to go up against the Bellottis because he. Yeah, had I tell you, own. he had no intention. Yeah, he he, he goes to Bellotti, who was a tough guy in his own right, who was extremely connected, obviously. Oh my God! No intentions of paying him for the sheetrock. Right. Oh. He just took the fifteen thousand dollars worth of sheetrock and resold it. Put the money in his pocket and told Tommy basically to go screw himself. Uh, and what uh, happened? But after there's a backstory. Tell Tommy tell, that. Tell, tell yeah, the definitely not. No. Johnny, tell, tell, tell him the backstory. Well, the the backstory was first of all, Tommy loved her. Tommy owns his girlfriend, but Tommy was married to Kathy Crescito, whose father owned Crescito's nightclub, and Tommy, you know. He, but he was seeing her on the side, yeah. and now she falls in love with Tommy Ernst. Mm. Tommy Bellotti's pissed off. So Tommy, Tommy Bellotti sets up a meeting, and he blows his brains out. He ain't gonna fight him, he just In front, him. in front of in Terry. In front of Terry. Yeah. Oh my she, gosh. Yeah, yeah, Tommy, according to Terry, Tommy Ernst was, was going to work, whatever he, he uh, you know, defined his work, and he was leaving the apartment they had, and she goes out on, uh, on the terrace, it was like a, uh, a t- two-story private house, and she's waving to him goodbye, and up comes the car, blows Tommy away. Oh blows my Tommy God. Right in front of her. And she was never the same. She was crying when she was telling me this. It was 40 years ago. Oh. oh and she was still... The, the love of insane. Life. The love of my life, and I, I never cared about anybody else but Tommy Ernst. Wow. Well, he was and a hard uh, act to follow, I'll tell you right now. Charming, and the guy was... He the walked into He was like, he was like a... a, a, a D. Martin mm. kind of guy, flash, walk in, right. pick up everybody's show. He was robbing everybody. It's amazing, amazing. Well, that's how I open up the book with Tommy Ernst getting killed. Very huh. good, very good. Yeah, uh, you know, and then her uh, her understanding that the only way she's going to make any money is to get involved with mob stuff. But of course, you know, women, as far as the mafia is concerned, are only good for two things. One of them is cooking. You know, and uh, you know, they don't involve them with any. They don't tell you anything. Oh, no, yeah. You can be married to them for forty years. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, most of these guys have uh, have girlfriends on the side. They see on Friday. Friday nights is the girlfriends. Right. Saturday nights is the wives. And the wives know about this and they acquiesce to it, and everything is fine. They're called gumares. Gumare, gumare. Yeah. We, 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 we were just talking about the other night too uh, in a conversation. We have friends that have girlfriends for 30, 35 years. And they I know. know yeah. And they know. The wives know. They're going home. They're going home and to the wives. And the wives, wives know? And the wives know, too. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. What? No, but they will not get a divorce. They won't get a divorce. I mean, that's true. They won't get a divorce. And they also know. are you not supposed to cheat? And don't embarrass me. Yeah, I know, but don't embarrass me. And they also know where the money's coming from. That has a lot to do with it, too. You know? Well, Yeah. You know, could could you leave me some, you know, some some cash tonight, Mario? He says how much, and just like the scene in, in Goodfellas, she raises her fingers like three inches apart. You know that much. Yeah. 
You know, and that's what huh. you get. So, you know, it, right. it, it, it wasn't all, you know, you're cheating on me, you're a bad person. They allowed him to do it because they were living the lifestyle, too. Of course. Wise yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, Terry is, I got to have a piece of this. So she decides to become an outlaw, basically. I mean, she winds up going to a guy. She has this idea. Uh, but, you and, know, we have to tell the audience, too, that her, her father and two uncles were nobody yeah. to play with. Mike and Pope. Pope. Yeah. Pope wasn't really involved. No, but yeah, he, Mike was powerful. Yeah. Pope was so they were so rich. Mm. That was another thing. So yeah, I talked to Pope many going. times. I, I never met the guy in person, but I spoke to him many times. Huh. Very nice guy. Very sharp. He died a few years ago. Eighty-nine years old. He had thirty. He was living with a thirty-four-year-old woman. Yeah. Wow. I said, "What is your diet?" Yeah. Right. I don't know. What are you eating? He was a funny guy. He's a nice guy. Oh my God, nice. The, the, yeah, the, but connected. I mean, he he was so close to Alex DeBreezy, who ran the uh, International Union uh, Nine Twenty, well, the local. DeBreezy was the maternal side of the family. Of course. Yeah, that was that was the 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 the, the married the D'Alessios and they formed an empire. I know. Mm. And it was called Staten Island. Yeah. And they had no. And they controlled it. Well, oh, there was wow. nobody that wanted a piece of it. They had, there was their own little fiefdom. Wow. No gang wars, any gang wars to be fighting themselves. There no. was no opposition. No, I knew all these guys, Alex DeBreezy. In fact, um, our time, I, I, this is a classic story. Uh, I had to go to uh, Asbury Park. And Frank Costello says to me, go to Staten Island with this envelope. And I lost you. You lost me now? Hello? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we lost the connection for. Oh, oh all okay. right. All right. Just continue on. So you went to Asbury Park. So what? Well, no, no. So he says to me, "You got to take this to Asbury Park." And it was a pretty healthy envelope, and I was going over there to see Tony Anastasia because he had a big mansion in in Asbury Park. Now, people who Tony Anastasia was. Tony mm -hmm. Anastasia was Albert Anastasia's brother. Albert Anastasia created Murder Incorporated with Louis Lepke, mm -hmm. and Albert Anastasia ran the waterfront, International Longshoreman Waterfront, New Jersey, Staten Island, Brooklyn, and New York. Okay. I mean, monster guy. Mm. So he was already down there with his family, so Frank said, go over to Staten Island, take the ferry, because then I was gonna meet Pope D. Mm. And we were going down in his Cadillac because we took the Jersey Bayonne out of bridge, mm -hmm. got on the turnpike and went to Asbury Park. Huh. So I got really close and I met, he used to come to New York all the time. They were in the Copa like every week. There was a star there, they had their table. Right. That was the whole thing. So I knew them all. And I must have had like 100, 200,000 on me mm. going down there and he didn't want me, you know, taking a train. Yeah. And so I, I hitched a ride with him. But talk about a gentleman, like you said. I mean, fortunately, oh, yeah. yeah, Pope was a, a guy. And, and Pope was groomed by the best of them, though. You know, it's like O'Neill Delacroco, a gentleman. Old man, the old man, you know, not that fleshy, but Carlo Gambino, gentleman. Yeah. All those guys, I mean. Very polite. Frank, yeah, you would never Extremely know Extremely polite. Would, uh, kill a fly and pull a chair out for a lady. I mean, the guy, I mean, these mm -hmm. guys were class, yeah. like the whole new generation that came after it. But um, 
I just wanted to lay that out. It's so crazy while we're talking about this, how all these memories come, and I'm, I'm hoping you're gonna get to uh, why um, Mr. Hoffa was pardoned and by who. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah, at the end of the story, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing, though, Gianni. We know a lot of the same people. I know. I'm surprised you didn't pinch me. Man. I, I, it's, uh, well, hey, the night is young, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't mean If you hear a knock on ass. your door, that'll be me. Uh, anyway, Terry had this idea. And I got to give a She was a smart person until she got involved with the heroin and everything. But prior to that, she has this idea uh, the Wall Street brokerage houses are all housed in the same area as Southern Manhattan on the west side of, of, of the tip of Manhattan. She has this idea to rob their mail. Now, you have to understand the way it was. This wasn't that long ago, like in the 60s, mm-hmm. 70s. Right. Uh, they used to, all these brokerage houses and these huge buildings would put their mail in mail bags, leave them in the lobby for the post office employees to come by and pick up. You know, and it's in in these uh, big mailbags. There was some cash going to banks for deposits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of dividend checks, a lot of dividend checks. And she had this panel truck that would go around from office building to office building. And it had this time so perfectly, they would go into a building, take the bag, bring it into the panel truck. They'd emptied it there, and they knew after a while which which one was the checks, which one was the cash. They would take them out, put everything back in, and put it back in the lobby within minutes. Wow. And this went on for a very long time. But for her to do this, you had to get permission. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of Manhattan, all of New York City is is spoken for. I mean, you can't right. do anything illegal on a steady basis. You can hold up a liquor store without it. And for, and for yeah. our audience, means spoken to by the family that's controlling that neighborhood. Yes. Right. They didn't right. want, you got to, if you're going to do something in the neighborhood, you, you got to go to that boss and say, this is what's coming down. If it's going to be something consistent. And not only that, it yeah. gets an envelope. Got it. Got yeah, it I think they, they have to get, quote, tribute, unquote. Right. You know. right. So she goes, and this was unheard of. You have to understand that you know, women involved in this, unheard of. But there's, there's money to be made here. Mm-hmm. She goes to a guy, and she says uh, he was known as Big Red, Greenwich Village. But I never heard of the name. Have you, Gianni? Nope. Oh, anyway, unless it was a, it was a pseudonym because she didn't want to mention yeah. his name. Yeah. But she she goes to him and she has to sit down with this guy, a woman having to sit down with with a boss. Anyway, unheard of. He gets he he hears this and you know well, one thing these guys may not have gone to one day of school, but they're smart, <laughs> and then, then they know she's onto something. Here. Hello. Mm. Yeah. So she got the word it was okay, and she did this for a while, and of course added buildings and you get greedy and she got busted mm. and she and she did she did some time but she did less than a year she did it all in the metropolitan correctional center mcc mcc where she said <clears throat> they you know she's italian so they assumed that she knew how to cook she couldn't boil water without burning it i mean she was <laughs> she was she was babied all her life but to get out of the general population and to be treated well she said oh yeah i'm a i'm a you know a cordon blue chef and she and she cooked for them, and she basically learned how to cook by trial and error. But whatever she made, compared to jailhouse food, hello, you know, it, it, just as long, you know, spaghetti with some sauce, they loved it. Uh, 
And they actually improvised even making the sauce because they didn't have Luigi Vidali tomatoes. They were making with ketchup and spices and stuff. They <laughs> but, you know, but still, there were guys in there, uh, you know, wise guys who had connections to get the ingredients. Yeah, so yeah. they got her stuff that she needed. Mm-hmm. But she was, uh, she was an innovator. She gets out and she opens up a bar in Staten Island. Her story was uh, that she fell down a flight of stairs one day and got terrific back pain, back injury. And the guy she was living with at the time, whose name escapes me, that I got the perfect thing to kill your pain, shoots her up with heroin. She said, oh. this is great. Well, you know what? She's hooked. That's her story. What's the oh, real story? No. You know, Johnny? I don't know, actually. Cause I was, All right. uh, by that time, I was already in the wind. You know, this oh, you were in Vegas? Yeah, I was. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, a couple of things. Oh, you're in, you're in, you're in Europe? Yeah. And, yeah okay. Uh, after, after the assassination. Yeah. yeah. That's about that time, yeah. Yep. So anyway, she becomes a, a, a strung out stone junkie. The the boyfriend deserts her. Well, she's a junkie. <laughs> He's the one who made her a junkie. Uh, but she, she hit the skids, and uh, she was in really bad shape. She winds up living in a halfway house in East Village, where uh, she subsequently uh, passed away there. I mean, it's after she found her, her, her daughter, who's married to a cop, by the way. Oh. Uh, they, they lived That's in Jersey. That's the girl you found, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they got along really well, and uh, but she passed away. But uh, in the interim, we write this book, and uh, the publisher was crazy about it. He says, wow, you know, woman, mob, this is great. Write the book. And I did my u- usual adequate work. You know, it would read well. The day the book comes out, she's diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Now, oh. she so was... She can't go sell it. She can't yeah, she can't do anything. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you know, we needed her. To to uh, promote the book, right? Do you know, I mean, everybody would would clamor to see her. I mean, uh, you know, it's, oh yeah, oh my God, she character to to begin with, and and what she went through, she she lived mob history, you know, and a little corner of the world, but it was something. We sold, I I think that after two years, we sold like three thousand copies of this book because she was incapable. She couldn't find the publisher, and she she sunk really quick, uh, and a lot of it had to do with her, you know, thirty years of heroin addiction. Yeah, wow. she did. Years. She didn't wow. handle treatment well. She remembered my number though, <laughs> oh. and uh, yeah, she would call me periodically. And uh, she had money. Uh, oh my God, we didn't get I much for the book, but she, she had money that she sold it away. Had. Plus, when her father died, by the way, they uh, she eventually told him almost on his deathbed, her father, that she had this kid. Finally, tells him. By that time, he's eighty-five. Oh and, yeah, uh, you know, he was happy to hear it. He cried. They, uh, they hugged and kissed and all that. He met his granddaughter, and uh, that was nice. You know, he went out oh, well, that's uh, nice. like a gentleman, and he knew his family. And that was fine. He left that kid, he was loaded. Oh, oh yeah. Well, she, Terry got a lot of it. I'm sure uh, her daughter got a lot of it. So she uh, she was built by people who would approach her because the book was out, and they would approach her. We're going to do a movie, you know, uh, with, with no credentials at all. Uh, but we're going to need some. Uh, Seed money. Uh, seed money, got to invest a little. And they took it. I would tell her, Terry, please, anybody calls you, call me. Mm-hmm. Give me their number. And she'd forget. Oh. And she died broke. I heard from her grandson, who uh, he's got something to do with the movie industry. He's not, not a big wheel by any means. A nice guy. Uh, John Brenner, I believe his name is. Uh, he... Wanted to do, in fact, he is. He's uh, putting together a, a movie about his grandmother's life. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to. tell you, it'd be a uh, good movie. 
Yeah, that'd be definitely Especially good. a period you know, piece, it, you know. Yeah. Be expensive. Great part, great part for a, a good female actress, don't you think? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. my God. I, I mean, I don't know who would play the part. Celise uh, Theron. Yeah, she could pull it off very well. <laughs> no, she couldn't. I mean, she, you know, she becomes she a different person. She's got that everybody. whole flair about her. Yeah, she could be anybody. Yeah. You know, so. But uh, Terry, I was, she's dead now about four or five years, and I, I, I liked her. I mean, with all her faults, she treated me well. She was like everybody's grandmother at the end, and uh, it's a shame. You know, she lived a very tough life. And what does it all come back to? Growing up with, with the mob. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's well, like I mean, you know, her, her family was so involved indirectly, and um, they, they sent them a contract to handle and literally sent it to them on a, on a flatbed. Because I'll follow. Uh, I'm going to explain it to the mm-hmm. world right now. That, as most of us know, and um, I mean, older people do, but a lot of people don't even know who Jimmy Hoffa is. Young people like you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Jimmy Hoffa, obviously, was the the, I, I, the king of the Teamsters. He was a truck driver, built his way through it with the Brotherhood, you know, on the ground, in the cabs, everything. And he created this Brotherhood, the Teamsters Union. And you gotta understand how powerful they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the United States, amazing. Oh, extremely powerful, with, with hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, pension fund money. Right. Uh, which they lent out to various people they mm-hmm. shouldn't have. And one being me, I borrowed 32 million. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I borrowed 32 million in uh, 1979. 32 million? To me, thirty-two million. Oh my goodness! Nineteen seventy-nine. The only reason I had a problem with is was caught on a wiretap with Corky Sabella and and, and DeLuca and all of them. Johnny needed the thirty-two million to replenish his wardrobe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, but anyway, so uh, we were all very involved with the team. So I mean, anything to do with the union, the international workshop, it just wound into that whole life even with Costello and all of us because of the power. And one, I mean, showing how powerful, the Teamsters was one of the elements to get John F. Kennedy elected. So when Joe Kennedy came to Costello and they were partners for years during Prohibition, amassed millions of dollars together. So he was the perfect person to say, listen, I want my son to become President of the United States. Mm -hmm. He was already a senator pretty wild guy and what a reputation of that. And he said, okay, what's in it for us? He's, I promise you if my son becomes president, one of the first duties, he will invade Cuba. And your casinos you, back. And give you all your casinos back. Right. So it was win-win. Mm-hmm. So they may stop making phone calls to, you know, Maya Lansky and Corky Savella, every, everybody that was around the world, Carlos Masalas, all these guys. and. So I started carrying messages and envelopes and all over the country and, and met the whole network. Mm-hmm. In the Did you meet Hoffa? No, I never met Hoffa. So no. how does how does he how does he play into this story? Well, what happened was that's when they had uh, Frank Fitzsimmons was the guy who was running the Teamsters. Jimmy Hoffa is in prison. Jimmy Hoffa finds God. What they all and and he's and he's <laughs> and he's writing letters from prison to the Brotherhood that he wants to get out 
and take over the union, all you're, you're being fleeced. All your all your money, all your retirement money that you guys been saving and putting into the union, they're squandering it with unsecured loans in Las Vegas. He mm. was almost right, but he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they were making a lot of money on these loans. Right. So, being that, they had a guy called Nixon in their pocket. They said, you have to pardon Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. Had to get him out. They had to get him out. Right. Because he was poisoning everybody's mind with his letters. So, they... He went ahead, and because of finding God and all the time he spent, they let him out. Well, he wasn't out too long, and About an hour and a half. <laughs> and he had a, a a Buick Electra. That was the car of the mob at the time, right? Because Cadillacs were being too showy, they said. Oh, <laughs> right. So anyway, they snatched the car with the driver, and. The contract went to Pope D on Staten Island. That's something I never knew. Huh. And they had a junkyard there with a car crusher. And when they delivered the car, Jimmy Hoffa and the driver were in the trunk of the car. Oh my gosh. So they took oh. out the axles and the, and the engine block like they always did. Wash it like a cube. And they squash it, but the friction heat gets rid of all the DNA and everything. That's why we're always, we always laugh, a couple of us that have been around this all our lives and knew what happened. Every five or 10 years, you'll read, I'm sure, Pat, you'll remember this. When the FBI needs a budget, oh, we've, we got a, a tip that- a Major investigation. Tip, uh, he's buried in a cornfield or in, a, in Pennsylvania. Then there for six, seven months, they're digging up acres. Uh-huh. Oh, there was a there was a rumor around that he was uh, he was a part of Giant Stadium oh, in yeah. New Jersey, the new he, the new Giant Stadium. So they were doing all kinds of heat things and stuff to find oh if my there were gosh. any bodies buried. Yeah, and, but it was a joke with organized crime, knowing that this is what the FBI was doing mm-hmm. to subsidize their budgets. They had to keep all these cases going, and even that you know they even with. Now I don't know what they're doing, to because you know they they want to cut back and drop twenty guys. Mm-hmm. They got to create something to keep those twenty guys on payroll. Well, now it's all about terrorism, uh, yeah. organized crime. Ta- you know, oh, t- after nine eleven, thank God yeah, yeah. for the, kept the FBI and every all that. It's just a massive now. They're they're, they're hiring people actually. Yeah. Well, for a long time, though, I mean, uh, uh, every couple of years there'd be a new alleged lead on, on where Hoffa's body is buried. I don't think they can do that anymore. It became a running joke on late night television after a while. Oh, I know. He's here. He's there. You know, he's everywhere. Oh, everybody. <laughs> oh, they were yeah. doing that. Yeah, it actually became a joke. But so what happened though? Some mob guys were bidding on that pedestal because they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Well, when the, when they the, the block comes out, it's about two foot by three feet square. You know, block. It was yeah, right. a rectangular block. Yeah. So a lot of the guys who were involved with this on the heavy right. end, the souvenir. Bid, no, <laughs> they bid on it, and I I I can't say I know where it is, but I heard that the one guy that got it used it in his game room. And he has a four foot by six foot 
plexiglass, uh, 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 you know, one-inch piece of glass on top of it. And is this a table? It's a table. It's a table base oh in his gosh. playroom. <laughs> That's crazy. Which, you know, to me... Oh, it's a nice house. Jimmy deserves the best. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great house. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I mean, when you start to hear these stories and how they intertwined and the elements, like you said, their, their family, the D'Alessio's and the DeBrazies, how they got together. And it's, it's happened in so many legacies, like the uh, Lucchese family married into the Gambino family. Mm -hmm. They used to do that to give them more power. Wow. And, and interlocked. Now you out of five families, two are with us already. Mm -hmm. So, they, you know, they go to a meeting, they, they have the vote. But all, I mean, now I don't understand why anybody would want to get their kids involved. There's still some made guys, still a suggestion, get my son made. Oh, man, who would want that for their kid? What are you, crazy? Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, you not only destroy your own life, you destroy your family. Especially today. It's all you're looking to do. I mean, you get him a button, he's definitely getting a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, he's going to be sentenced. A button means you get made, Megan. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, if you want to get a button, you get made, you get a button. A he's button. A, he's, well, made it came button. out, yeah, button man, he's a button man. He's a, he's a, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's archaic, but there's people still totally believe in this mm -hmm. life. Not many, though, I would think. I, I don't see many juniors around, do you? Oh, no. I see a lot of juniors around. I know back I, in the day, but not now, right? Not now. A guy just yeah. had a son made two years ago. I can't believe it. Really? And we I, were all looking at him, and he's a smart guy, and not, not you know, yeah. a gentleman. And nobody can believe why he did this. And I can't mention his name, obviously. He's walking the yeah. streets. But these guys, why would you do this? I mean. Did they give a kid a, a nice big target he could put on his back? Yeah, a lot. Basically. Oh, man. It's so stupid. Crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. I, I can see maybe a hundred years ago it was. Uh, oh something. yeah, it was something that I mean, if that's the life you chose and your family's in it, it's a it's a great life. There's so many opportunities now. You know what you should, you know, with all your wealth and power as a as a made guy, particularly a boss, you use that wealth and power to get your family away from that. And that's what that's what the most intelligent. I mean, I can look right. at Ocado, all his kids, he put them in legitimate businesses. You start thinking of the people who have the money. I mean, yeah. Tommy Gambino, unfortunately, got caught into it. But Tommy had a legitimate trucking business. In the garment industry. In the garment right? industry. Yeah. But when Giuliani got in, everything Tommy, became yeah. illegitimate. I'm a very close friend of mine. who I love the guy, man, Angelo Ponti. We were like, friend, I mean, tight friends. I'd fly in, have holidays with him and everything else. And they were in the collection business. Well, did he have to give envelopes to people? Yes. So they infiltrated... Angelo Ponti with this FBI agent undercover mm. and they caught, you know, because this guy went out and got routes and the old mind thinking, you know, he wants a kickback of, of uh, you know, $50 a, a, a container or whatever. And Angelo got caught on tape saying, all right, give him the 50. If we can get the route, give it to him. Well, that's did, he, did, did he own Ponti's, the restaurant downtown? That was his father, Felipe Ponti. Oh, what a small world this is. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. Angelo. He's I, actually got it with my father. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you but you ready for this? Uh, Angelo, because of Giuliani, took a plea bargain. P 
paid a $17 million fine. That's how big their business Oh, my was. gosh. They I mean, had it in his wallet. Yeah. But the yeah. interesting thing is he did not want to go. He was an old man now. He'd be, he's, he, he just died, actually. Mm. He's like three years older than me, but I was very friendly with this guy. They went in front of the district attorney, and they had the deal set. The judge turned it down. So really? no, I'm sending him to jail. Oh, wow. man, did he get jail? How, how much time? Well, that's what killed him. He only got five years. Oh, but when you're that age. But five years, and for his grandchildren to know that yeah. he's in jail, it destroyed him. He was never the same. Oh. I mean, that's what I'm saying. These are layers of legitimate men, and they still got caught up in it. Right. So, I mean, these guys will want to get their son a button. Buy him a zipper of Velcro. <laughs> well, you might as well hand him a gun, say, shoot yourself in the head. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 It's that time again. I know. It's amazing. And, you know, I hope all of you are enjoying reminiscing that Pat and I are doing mm -hmm. and totally baffling Megan here. She said, Yeah, here. and learning as I am yeah. every time. And I hope our audience is too. Yes, exactly. You should write a book, Megan. <laughs> Oh, I That's coming. Right, gotta happen. One thing. I think it might have already been done, but well, we we really would like to hear more questions and know that you're out there and inquiring and uh, enjoying it. So don't forget to tune in. Don't forget to share to your friends to subscribe. We love doing this. We'll be here every Wednesday night with a new show. And if you have an idea for a show, please tell us. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, We're open to everything, man. We'll come yeah, to we'll... your neighborhood. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, we're going to say goodnight one more time. And uh, tune in Wednesday night. Always a new show. You know that. God bless you. Good night, Pat. Good night, Johnny. Good night, Nathan. Good night, guys. Good night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Email Gianni Russo with your questions, comments, and for information regarding his motivational speaking appearances to Gianni at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. Email Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments to Patrick at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com and visit Amazon.com for a listing of books he has written. I'm Megan Horan. I can be emailed at Megan at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com and would enjoy hearing from you. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. But most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails. Good night.